Welcome to Beyond the Reef Podcast. I'm your host, U'ilani Tevanga, and I have five incredible keiki, an amazing hubby, and a thriving business that I have built by helping thousands believe in themselves again. This show is a place for the driven island wahine who is ready to create generational wealth and break free of any barriers that may be holding her back from going next level in her business and relationships. Yes, my sis, I am talking to you. That calling in your heart is your kuleana, and I can't wait for you to go from overwhelmed to literally living a life that you once believed was impossible. I'm so excited you're here. Let's have some fun and let's go beyond the reef. Yay, welcome back. Aloha. I'm so excited and honored to be sitting in front of two of, you know, Hawaii's, I feel like most cherished modern day sheroes. And I know it's like they hear this and they're laughing and they're just like, oh, we're just, but I, I really, I know you all know who they are. And to me, they're like pillars in our community. They're leaders. They're, you know, amazing businesswomen. <laughs> they serve us some fabulousness always (laughs) and so i'm excited to welcome these two wahine mehana kihoi and havane reels mahalo for being here and for adding your manao and voice to this space i want to ask some questions i would love to know you know for me we hear this word mana wahine and we hear it a lot now but i feel like you too and along with your other hole were the beginnings of bringing this out. I don't remember saying that word too much growing up, but I feel like we've heard this so much. And so will you speak into what is a manawahine? Not the one that's on the t-shirt and just kind of thrown around in hashtags, but what is a manawahine? Okay, I feel like I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, come into this space with a lot of love and um, a lot of mahalo to you Ui, for inviting us here and asking us these, these questions. Um, it's really, it's nice to talk about manawahine and like what that means. And so for me, the first time I ever heard manawahine was when I went to Aotearoa. And actually when I had a really beautiful conversation with a dear friend of mine, Nahuya Murphy. And she she said to me, you are manawahine. What you do on the Mauna, that is manawahine. And it was from that encounter that like, I finally started to internalize what manawahine meant in my own body and in my own soul. And so soon after that, I wrote a song called manawahine. And I was thinking about what makes us the way we are? And I looked at the earth and in our creation stories, you know, someone, some feminine energy birthed the sky, birthed this this land, this ocean. From Haumea comes Pele and Hi'iaka. You know, from Hina comes Poli'ahu. There's just this power, this immense power of the elemental nations. And we are, you know, direct reflections of that mana 
And so to emphasize mana, wahine, to put that word that is ancient in the front of wahine, like how our Maori cousins have done. This, this to me is affirming the power that was stolen from us for generations. Indigenous women have been beat, raped, pillaged for literally generations. And so when we say manawahine now, it's about affirming our dignity and our resilience and saying, yes, my mana, my mana is still here. It's still flowing inside of me. This is who I am. And wahine, like the va hine, that we are in the time of this resurgence of the divine feminine. Mana wahine, he mana ko kavahine, when we try to you know, contextualize it through the lens of our language, he mana ko kavahine. And if you just drop all of that, you get mana vahine. So it's, these are words that are across our you know, Pacific, across Oceania. These are words that connect us. These are words that affirm us to the earth and to our purpose to be of service to this space and this planet and this realm, and also to be respected um, with reverence this time around. Reclaim that for all of our kupuna that did not get to feel what that means. So mana wahine to me is reconciliation, reclamation, in motion, in action, in prayer, in ceremony. Yes, the vahine, that's so powerful. Mihana, what do you think about that? What is your manaosis? I, yeah, and I, of course, thank you, Uwe, for having us today and for opening this space for us to just be together and share, share, you know, all of our mana'o with these different things. But I kako'o hamane 100%, she just said it so perfectly. But for me, like, just thinking of, you know, of the, these movements that we're a part of and us as women, like we really have to like earn our place to be there, it seems like. And so when we just normalize saying the words manawahine, like we embody it. And so we know that we belong in these spaces and we're just as deserving and we're just as important and we're just as powerful as you know, as these men, and because Auntie Pua case will always remind me, remind us that a movement is only as strong as the women that carry it. Mm. And I always remind myself of that every time I'm in a space where you can feel like all of that cool energy. And Auntie Pua will always say to bring the Hina. Like there's been so many spaces where you know things get kind of unraveled, and Auntie Pua will always just say, "We got to bring the Hina." And um, I, I always think about that when, when I hear the words manawahine because it, it just reminds me that we really had to push to be able to be where we are and respected on these front lines because it's not what, what it seems like. Yes, we're, we always have to be strong, but it's, it's really difficult. And that's another thing. But for me, it's really just knowing that you, you know, have a place and it's where you belong. I do want to talk a little bit more about that Hina energy from both of you because I don't think it was 
very normalized for a long time to talk about that feminine energy, especially because, like you said, we had to kind of fight our way in and we had to push on to be seen, to be heard, to be respected. So can you speak a little bit more into what does it mean to embody that Hina energy, that feminine power? For me, when I am looking at my own healing and my own movement in this world, I think about where the seat of my power comes from. And I think about my womb, my air, my life force, where I began. You know, like we begin in the womb of our mothers in these eggs, right? That literally exist in our grandmothers so when our mother is in you know the pu'au in the womb of our grandmother we are already in creation story and so for me we have lived you know our parents lives our mother's lives our grandmother's lives just by existing in their bodies and so we carry in their stories into this realm and so when I think about this divine feminine energy I think about like the thousands of women that came before me all the way to the beginning of this time and this space in this realm this human realm and it connects me all the way back to the genealogy of Mauna Awakia when we can see how we are connected to the land we go all the way back to Wakia and Papa Valinu'u coming together to have Mauna Kea and Papa and Papa Hana Moku and Wakia coming together to have most of these islands and Ho'ohoku Kalani. Wakia and Ho'ohoku Kalani coming together to have Halua, Nakalauka Falili, Wahano Iahilopa. You know, when we think about lineage, we think about that eternal breath because we literally are descendants of the first, that first Ha. That eternal breath was, you know, planted, buried at the east of the house, how out comes our first kalo. Wakea ho'oku kalani come back together again. Have haloa, named after haloa nakalo kapalili. And from this being comes our lahui kanaka. And so we are ancient, you know, our, our bodies literally hold migration stories of our ancestors. So when we think about mana, when we think about worth, because women, we are raised to think that we are not worthy of success, of, of being especially women of color, brown and black women, indigenous women, that, you know, so much has been taken from us, you know? And so these stories, these songs, these dances, they're like mommy. They're so sacred because it reaffirms our our own mauliola. Every time we hear a story about peleho nuamea, every time we hear a story about poliahu, we are reaffirmed in our mana because we are descendants of that. And oftentimes we are not affirmed in it by society. You know, our bodies, we're compared to this standard of beauty that is impossible for us to reach because it doesn't even exist. You know, we are compared to men constantly and we are put on a level that is underneath everything and everyone and so 
the more we reclaim our, our stories, our genealogies, our ea through the lens of our kupuna, the more we liberate the next seven generations because we have, we have the next seven generations literally in our bodies right now as we speak us three just looking at each other right now, just listening to each other right now. We hold so much for the next seven generations. And so the more we free up ourselves and ground ourselves so deeply into the earth and deeply into our knowing that we are not separate from Papa. We are Papa and Papa is us. That medicine gets, you know, just completely saturated into the cells and the DNA of the ones to come from our bodies. Kuena, your children, Tali, they will know and not question who they are because we reclaim that for ourselves. We're doing that work of reclaiming because it was taken from our kupuna and now we are giving it to the next generation. So our kuleana is ceremonial. Oh, so powerful. You know, I want to share with those of you that are listening that this um, past summer, I, I was basically called, I think it was about 15 years in the making that I was basically called to bring my genealogy out and to have Uhi done. And I, one of the first people I wanted to talk to was Mehana. And then she's like, you know, I really want you to talk to Havane and this topic of stepping into fem feminine energy, reclaiming our stories. but the worthiness. It's so often women are almost like living in fear to go outside of what they've been conditioned to by society, by church, by even culture, like here, not worthy enough. I don't know if I'm enough, but they forget that there's a whole family living inside of them, you know, exactly what Mehana said. And so I want to talk a little bit more about the stories of, you know, your grandmothers and how, when we can tap into that, how it literally can unlock this mana that, you know, you feel, I know you can feel coming from these wahine, you can feel that they've gotten in touch with this. So within stories of your grandmothers, when was it ever that you didn't feel enough, but then you reminded yourself of where you, you know, where do you come from? And how did that help you? you know, in your life, Mehana? I, for years, well, because my family is all, they're, they're all, all scattered. My parents are both from Oahu, but my, um, my, uh, my kupuna are from Hawaii Island. And so for years, when before stepping into the Mauna Kea movement, you know, I wasn't sure what my place was. I didn't know, but I, I have Wahana from Waimea and, um, um, cowboys that know that mountain, you know, like the back of their hand. And it was, you know, when I really, we were, it was in 2015 and someone brought up the Kuei petitions and I had been looking for my great grandmother's name for years and I could never find it. And my, I knew her name. Her name is Eliza Koki and I had been looking for her name for, for, for years and I could never find it. And when somebody brought it up to the Mauna and I found her and they, they just brought the name plates and I found her. And from that moment, it really just helped me tap in 
when you see the name, when you see the signature, just seeing your Kupuna signature in these books and you can just, you just feel so connected. And just, she was um, 24 years old and she's from Kohala. And that even, I didn't even know she was from Kohala and that connected me more, you know, with Havane, like knowing that our kupuna are from, you know, are this vahipana of Kohala, which is such an important, you know, element to our stories. But, um, and just reminding yourself of, you know, this kupuna wahine of mine that signs such an important piece, this document of our people's resilience and knowing that she was 24 years old like and it meant it really did a lot for me especially when I found it on the Mauna and so that was one one piece that really really helped me in um in really forming my my strength in and in in and knowing my place in this movement so and I ask how old both of you were when you first took a stand on, on the Mauna or just anywhere in general? Just on the Mauna. Because I remember there's a really powerful video and it's just a handful. Before there was the thousands, there was just a handful of you that had gone. And I think we just saw this recently on you know, a video that someone had posted and you had gone and you were folding up chairs. Can you talk a little bit about that that day? I'm a lot younger. I mean, you both look very young to me, but how old were you when you really stepped into that space and continuing the work of your grandmothers? I, that was in 2014. I think I was 30, 29, 30. Havani has been doing this. Havani has been, this is a life, her life's work. Like she, with her, with her family, with this is, but this was something that I was called into. Yes. Um, so in 2014, with that was the first time I had ever been up to the summit. And I had no idea what I was doing. Um, even getting involved in this movement, I had no idea what I was doing. I just had seen a flyer. But for that day, um, we went up and, you know, Antipua had the, the intention of us kind of staging an area at Pu'uhuluhulu at the base of the mountain where Pu'uhonua'o Pu'uhuluhulu is, um, has been. So we were there and she was just saying, you know, just thinking, okay, if we're going to stage here um, in ceremony all day, do chants on the hour, every hour. And if every, anyone is going to go up, then we're going to chant you up the mountain. And Sure enough, everyone went up. She didn't think that everyone was going to go up, but we all went. Wow. And then when we got to the visitor center, Uncle Kalani was there. And, you know, we had ceremony there. And then it was like, okay, thinking that everyone was going to stay there. But then we all continued to go. I had never been up that far. And, you know, because for us um, as, as Hawaiians, we don't go up to Mauna Kea, like, um, unless we have a purpose, I had never gone up like, cause I had never had reason to go cause it was so kapu to us. And so we had, we had stopped like right in the middle of, there's like a, like a fork in the road, a three way um, where the road separates. And we had our lai that we kind of blocked. They rocked, well, they blocked the road from us. So we blocked the road from the convoy of 
dignitaries and public officials that were coming up. And that was like Mayor Kinoy at the time. And, and then a handful of us continued to go. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is that when Lana Kila went, he was by himself because he ran barefoot on the A'as. Like the rest of us were taking our time walking. I had never been up that far. And I was walking with two boys from Mililii. And they had never been on an airplane. They had never been up that far either. And so we had to stop to, they, you know, one of them kept falling down. So we had to stop and breathe and then slowly keep going. And then we all got there and we had no idea what we were doing. And so I got there Amazing. a little, so Lana Kila was there for like a half hour before we all got there, which was better because then he was able to, to control, um, you know, this, his surroundings and able to speak to them and um, with, with full attention. And when we came in, we just, <laughs> we just shut it down and I will let Havane take it from there. Cause when she came, it was like, then, cause first it was just me and a couple kupuna that were kind of standing by and kind of saying um, Auntie Patty was trying to communicate with them, but we were all kind of standing back. But as soon as Havani came chanting, then we all went forward and felt empowered to just You it. said something, you know, and Kalamai, I, I was really just focusing on that one moment, but you're so right. Havani, this has been your life work, your mom, and this is like, you've been called into this, you've been born into this space. So, you know, with activism, what does that mean? Because it's kind of become the movement, right? There's activism happening. And, and I think that I want to speak to this too, because a lot of times we, we know we want to be physically present, but what other ways can we activate? Like what other forms of activism is there out there? Because not everyone is, has the courage and the power to stand. What are some of the other ways that people can, you know, activate and support and kako or different movements that call to them? Because we can't physically be, I'm going to be against child trafficking and this and this, and we can't do 12 movements at one. How do you, you know, speak into what is activism and then which ones do we focus our attention, you know? Because they're all important. <laughs> they're all important. And activism to me, when I look at it through, like my Ike Ku'una Hawaii is kuleana. Mm -hmm. That we all have kuleana because look at the way the world is right now. Do we really want to pass down the way the world is right now to our children? I wouldn't think so. When we look at this governing system that was never set up for us, to be successful and to survive in? Do we want to continue to be oppressed in a system like this? Do we want to continue to be separated from the land like this and our rights to the land as indigenous people? No. And so all of this is kuleana and it's gonna literally take every single person and it looks different for everybody. It doesn't necessarily mean that people are gonna be called to do frontline work. That takes a kind of person that's willing to sacrifice everything, willing to quit their jobs. That takes a kind of person that has the ability and the privilege to do that because not everybody has that. You know, there's a lot of people with ohana, a lot of people that don't have a lot of support financially. It's understandable why a lot of people cannot do that. Um, so for me, with my ohana, we decided as an ohana to do that. 
and to lead our lives and make our passions and our sustenance into our work that is calling for us to uphold this kuleana. So for me as a musician, I am working so hard to weave my passion to tell stories and pass down what is happening right now through the form of music, because I believe we have to, that's our kuleana as musicians, to tell the story of the time. I want to make this also the way that I sustain myself financially because it's not easy to do it. So we all have to find ways to support ourselves while doing this work because we still live in a world where money is the currency. And perhaps that is gonna last for, for more decades than we, we want. But maybe one day down the line, our children will not be living within that kind of system of currency. And so we have to set them up and prepare them. So everything is kuleana, raising your children to know who they are, know their, their name, the mountain, the name of their mountain, the name of their river, so that they know the currents that they're raised by. That already is ea, passing down ea. And because they know that, then they will love that. They will love this place. They will know educating our young ones by taking them out to the land is a form of resilience and activism. We have so much to do in this life. My mom always says that there is a problem facing Hawaii for every second of the day. We are looking at being a militarized state where we have one of the largest occupations of military here. We are looking at TMT and the, and the frontline movement that has literally lasted for years and years and still not being heard. We're looking at that. We're looking at industrial complexes like Monsanto and Syngenta using acres and acres of our Aina for GMO production. We're looking at geothermal on this island, the wind turbines in Kahuku. We have something to stand for every day. And so what I also think that we have to remember is the people who stand and the people who sacrifice need to be taken care of. They need help. We need help from our community. So if you cannot be on the front line, please find a way to support us doing this work. Yes. That is so important. This is about community. So if people are not able to be out doing the work, especially in a pandemic, but like the work out on the front line or out with their signs or in their testimonies and all of those things, then support the people. Don't talk about us. Don't make it harder for us. Yeah. Don't make it harder for us to do this work. Do not continue lateral violence and infighting. If we're going to get to AI, we're going to get to AI together. And we're going to need everybody. So we need to work on the way that we treat each other. Are we talking to each other like we talk to the land? Are we talking to each other and are we cakey like we talk to Mauna Kea? All of these things, the small things, the small step forward, and small steps inward to Ea all matter. They're all kuleana. And so we all have it. And so I'm hoping that everybody listening will open their heart and their mind and the au to what it means. How, how are you going to step forward? How are you going to ensure that you are leaving this place better than you found it? And how are you going to support the people that are on the front lines doing this work, not just for themselves, but for Lahui and the next seven generations? What are you doing? Uncle, Uncle Skippy always says this. He says, 
now that you know, do you care? Mm -hmm. And now that you know, what are you going to do about it? And that is what I'm asking everybody listening to this. Oh, so amazing. I could just listen to you forever, truly. And I won't take up your whole day, but I know that those of you that are listening are, I hope there's becoming some kind of cellular change and just making you do self-reflection of where is my part? How can I play a part? And exactly what me, um, what Havane said about support, you know, and truly like there's more than one way to support the different causes. And at all hours of the day, we all have different kuluna that, that calls to us. And the one thing that I wanted to talk about this support when we're talking about the Vahine, and this is the time for our women, how are we as Wahine supporting one another to energetically activate? Because there's this freedom. I, I think at, at the core of every single movement out there is this core of I need to be seen, I need to be treated as human, I need basic rights, I need to know that I'm safe to live my life freely and as, as like equal, right? That's the core of every, you know, movement out there. But energetically, how can we add our mana to these movements and this space? I do see a, a pilikia and a problem is that, well, I, I support Black Lives Matter, but all oh, those anti-vaxxers, so stupid. But that's the same thing as like to let live and let live, right? Live and let live. You can't be so wholeheartedly in one movement and then be hating on the way that you think is that's not the way that you activate because that is where that person's soul is going and that's what's calling to them. So have you ever been on the receiving end of people coming at you for doing things the way that you have been you know basically or called to do things you know because we, there is no right or wrong this 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 liberation is there is no right or wrong this is just what comes from we're talking about your the grandmothers you know our grandmothers working through us and I know that was like kind of going there but because I'm low and I love these women it just kind of shocks me that when people, you know, say things that aren't very kind. I want to talk about this. This is important because we all need to stop being so judgy. <laughs> yeah, it's really hurtful. Um, in, this, in this movement, I have been called a lot of things. My family, we've been called a lot of things. We we're called crazy in the beginning by our own people, our own community. When we went in on behalf of the spirit world, on behalf of Mo'o'i Na'anea um, to protect Mauna Kea. You know, colonization has really like dug its heels into our psyches in so many ways. And so divide and conquer is the tactic and it's in the society, um, like the very fashion fabric of the society to teach women and, and people, and especially indigenous people to fight and to talk about one another. Uh, I'm a crab syndrome. I have been very, very hurt in, in the recent past, in this pandemic, by people that I thought I could trust, that I stood on the front lines with, that judged me in ways that could have broke my spirit if I didn't know how to pray. Yeah. Um, things have been said about me and accusations have been said about me that, that did break my heart. 
um, and that made me really worry about my next steps in this world. Um, I have been stalked, I've been sexualized, I have been, I have been hurt in every way that you can possibly hurt, be hurt in this kind of movement. Um, and it is heart-wrenching to think about like how much resilience it takes to just survive sometimes your own people, your own community, when all you're trying to do is protect your mountain and love your community. Right, right. And um, so my, my skin is now as thick as the mano skin on the pahu. And I now am so unapologetic about the way that I care for myself and the way that I malama my boundaries. I've learned from Kukulu Kapahu Kapua Kaleo, a chant that we do on the Mauna that says, Pele teaches us about boundaries. And she's also unapologetic about her power. And she is the first one that had said, and she created these boundaries to protect herself. And so when we go into the, the realm of Pele, we know that we are in that realm, so we come correct. When we go to the realm of the Mauna, we know that particular realm, so we come correct. I'm learning that I will no longer tolerate disrespect in my life from anyone. Because not all skin folk are kin folk. That's what my friend says. Wow. And, yeah. and that is just the truth. Mm -hmm. And I'm not here for spending any more of my time being beat down by the words of people that haven't healed themselves and haven't worked on themselves and don't know how to actually support somebody else because they haven't been supported. Our people need healing in massive ways and we can't take it all on. Everybody got to be responsible for their own healing. So now when I step forward and when I speak, I have my kupuna at the four corners of my body. And if you cross me, at any moment and transgress my mana, you are no longer a part of my walk in this world because we need to get to Ea in the healthiest way possible. And if that means we got to leave some people to the sides because they're not walking with us, that's fine. They can walk in their own time on their own pathway to whatever Ea means to them. But what Ea means to me is Mauna Kea is free of any more telescopes on the top of that summit. And I will spend my life protecting that Mona. And so I'm gonna do it better this time and take care of myself this time and support every single person with the same intention because we will never get there without each other. Yes, and yes. so if you're down, if you want to come, Kapu Aloha is real, and we'll meet you on the Mauna. You heard? Kapu Aloha 2.0. 2 <laughs> I have been so moved, and I loved what you talked about, Pele, and you, you're, 
yeah, I want to sit with that. And I hope that you that are listening, you don't always need to react and have something to say. Though that mana'o and what was just shared in this space is to really like hanu all of that in and sit with it. And if it made you wiggle in your seat and do some self-reflection, then great. Because we all do that. We all do that. Maybe you haven't come for Mehana or you haven't come for Havane, but is there another Wahine? Is there someone out there that maybe you could give a little bit more compassion to? Because the compassion that is missing starts with the compassion that is missing for your own self and your own life. And once you can heal, as Havani was saying, you can heal outside of you and you can heal our community and ultimately heal our aina. And I'm so, so grateful. And Mehana, I want to, you know, extend that same question to you, that same me now of first, how do you find rest and rejuvenation when you give constantly? You know, because there's a point where we talk about, you know, depression starts to settle in and then just extra words of others. How does that affect you? How do you find rest and healing for yourself? My healing honestly comes from Havana and I's laughter together. Like that's a hundred percent what it is. Like we, we may look like, like we're, you know, very serious and always in ceremony and always, you know, ready for action to, to, you know, put ourselves into these places. But behind the scenes, there's really so much joy with us. And it's, it's really, honestly, I think it's the key element in what's kept us going and what's strengthened us throughout these years and our relationships with each other is our ability to just laugh. Like we, even in the most, even in the harshest situations, like frontline actions, like we'll always find something that we will like belly over into laughter about. Like something can be so serious. <laughs> like we could just come out of like a serious two hour halavai and we'll just find something, you know, that we can share in laughter about. And that's really, really what has carried me through. And even our leaders, like people that I look at, look to like Auntie Kealoha Pishoda, like Uncle Ku Ching, when they are together, they can laugh throughout, you know, Uncle Auntie Maxine. Like, if you've ever been around Auntie Maxine, like, she will have you crying and laughing from start to finish. And just seeing our kupuna, like, that is how they heal with one another. It's, they're able to stand on these front lines, but at the same time, they find the joy in all of these struggles that we go through. And I think Abane and I have really picked up on that. Thankfully, we picked up on it pretty early because I think that if people really knew how much we laughed together and how much fun we really do have. Um, it's funny because Havani and I said, maybe they wouldn't come for us so much or maybe they would come for us even more knowing that we're actually having a lot of fun behind the scenes. And it's really not so serious, but I think that laughter and the joy is such a key component in being able to move forward in the, in the work that we do. Speaking of laughter, 
you guys, I'm having my floors done today. The sound in the back is killing me. And I'm like, why am I deciding to talk about this? If you know me, everything is never perfect. I'm sitting in my closet. My floors are being done. So that buzzing sound is killing me. Um, but this is so awesome. So I have, you know, this kind of like one more, maybe one more question before you kind of give your last mana'o about you know laughter and and the thing is i i really believe like our kupuna are able to live in the spiritual and the physical realm right as we're tapping into the the spirituality as we're tapping into the you know our mana it's like it doesn't put us in a box one thing i love about both of you you both are kind of fashionistas so i want to talk about this hina energy okay (laughs) i want to talk about this feminine energy because a lot of times mihana's pointing at Havane, but she's a fashionista in her own right too <laughs> even with her red flannel <laughs> but I mean we think oh but if I'm you know on a movement I gotta just look a certain way and I gotta look like I'm struggling can we like talk about how fabulousness is important by getting you in high vibes and really tapping into the the queenness of it all? Can you tell us about serving us, please? <laughs> Absolutely. I can talk about serving realness like all day, every day, tens across the board. And so for me, um, I look at what how apaihi means. How apaihi means to come like you know how the kupunas dress when they go to anything special they're always done up with the flowers in the hair the the gold bracelets so when we were on the front line auntie luana neff she before she was arrested was putting on lipstick (laughs) i need to be prepared this is how i feel Prepare. Oh you know, the aunties, the grandmas are passing around lipstick because that is how they feel, makoko, because that's what they do every day. I'm going so out, I'm going out fabulous. I love it. So I look a certain type of way every day because I choose to, because this is how I've been for since ever since. I came out of this womb just serving lashes and heels. <laughs> Yes. And so I'm not here for judging anybody that wants to be in their fatigues and regular t-shirt on the front line. If that makes you powerful and makes you feel powerful, A-O. for me, a good lip, a good sickening outfit makes me feel normal because on the front line, you need to feel like how you feel every day or else you're going to lose it because you're in the most terrifying and triggering position. So I do this to not just feel beautiful because I do feel like I do this every day to feel makaukau for my my day, but it's not just to feel beautiful. It's to feel empowered and feel ready because like I, even when I go and I write um, like for anything that I'm doing for my work, I put on my makeup and I get ready for the day because I do this literally every morning. So why would I not do that the on the ritual front line? Says, and also, like our children are going to see these photos. Mm-hmm. Like I want to like tell them, like I did my very best to come correct to this space with all of my ahu, with my with my mm-hmm. sacred taonga that I was wearing. I always wear something on my ears and a kakua around my my body, and some sort of fit that makes me feel fierce. And so. Now I'm like, 
yeah, this is what I do and this is how I do it. And if you have something to say about it, that's, that's fine. But just don't tell me about it because I have no time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so because we have different, definitely evolved from like 2014 to our looks to yeah. 2019 and 2020, but we earned to, to be able to um, decorate ourselves. Absolutely. No, like our outfits in 2014 was a little bit mm, <laughs> questionable. But wow. we, we're just starting. We didn't know what to expect. This next time around, we knew exactly what kind of winter gear we needed that would still look cute and be cute and comfortable. Like, we're women. We adorn. We take care of ourselves. Yep. You know? Like, this is what we do. This is what yeah. we've been doing. Look at, like, our kupuna of the past. Like, I think about what they would think about me, like, chanting and singing, doing our traditional our traditional art forms and like how they would want me to present. You know, that is why I wear a'ali'i on my ears. That is why I wear dyed pelon of kaho'olave on my wrists because like I think about how they would come into ceremony, how they would come onto the front line. They would come makaukau, everything that they needed, every tool, every, every part of them makaukau for what they got to do next. And also, like, we got to be makoko for every single facet. We are at one point on the front line, one point in ceremony, one point on interviews. You got to be you and you got to be powerful in that. And so, yeah, that's how we do it. <laughs> so much goodness. I love it. And so, truly, that should just be a lesson to everyone listening. Live what is authentic to you live what makes you draw upon your highest being your highest self and now we have sirens in the background going on and cars going and it is what it is in all the realness and now there's a moped this is hilarious <laughs> i need like a sound box um but i just want to just finish off with asking you to just share one manao each about you know moving forward in this new paradigm if you will what is your hope for our for our wahine like not just even our people but specifically if you could think to that next generation of you know kuena and you know like our keiki you know our kaikamahine what would you really want because Havane talked about that us healing ourselves is going to bring a new paradigm for this uh, for this new generation what would you love to pour into our hine now so that we can raise that next generation? For me, it's just something so simple as just supporting one another. Like throughout these years, we have, you know, kind of lost touch and lost so many dear close friends who we thought were going to be like, you know, our chosen family. And, you know, throughout these times, it's, it's really, it's, and it's, it's disheartening and it's saddening to see the separation and what um, divides our people. And it's all, you know, because of colonization and the, the thought that the ego and the competition and um, I think just, just empowering one another. It's, not, it's, it's a lot easier said than done because it's so deeply, you know, rooted within, um, within our human 
space spaces and a human experience but just being supportive of one another you know I'm even in a difficult space you know people right now like Havane said like even recently just having people you know say things that are untrue about her and say things yeah I'm going through the same thing right now too um and for what you know and when you really look at it it's 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 hurt that you know they're they haven't healed from so I think just the healing Havane has talked about, you know, forming a Haleo Papa for so many years now. And I think that's really what it comes down to is creating a space for our women to just come and support one another. And it, and I, again, it sounds like it's so easy, but it's really something that has been missing for generations. And there's so much that we can accomplish and do together. And um, I know that's something that's been on our heart for a long time. And so just, yeah, supporting one another. I definitely AO to that because um, that was taken from us. That was the first thing, you know, taken from us was the house of the women. And I think that we came here for a reason. We manifested on this planet this time around for a very real reason. Because, like, we are called to remember this in our sisterhoods, in our friendships, in our sacred um, connections with one another. We didn't come here for nothing. We came here for a very real reason to heal through everything that was taken from us and that sacred connection that was stripped from us that comes from the Hale Opapa, that comes from the Hale Pea, where women shared with women and helped raise each other's kids, helped to heal them when they were sick and when they needed help. Like this kind of support, this is old, this is ancient. Like when Mehana and I are on the front line, sometimes we don't even need to say a word. We can just make a look and we know. We know we can read each other because we've spent time, we've slept in the same places. We've stood on the same land protecting this, this mountain that we both love. That kind of, it's an intimacy that is very specific to sisterhood that comes from recognizing each other and saying, I see you in all that you are and all that you've been through. We have shared the stories that have hurt us deeply. Mehana has seen me through the lowest points of my life. And I have heard her stories too, of her lowest points because we know that and have held space for that. We know how to be aware of each other's pain. So we won't do anything to each other that will hurt each other will be so aware of what has happened to us that we only want to help each other heal. And that to me is a kind of pilina hoa aloha that you cannot teach. That to me means my ancestor was probably friends with Mahana's ancestor. Probably friends with your ancestor, ui. You know, that's why we're here right now. Because at some point in our lineage, somebody helped somebody and now we're here. And we wouldn't know how to hold space for each other if they didn't do that a long time ago. It's all in our blood. It's all in our bones. It's all in our DNA. It's not far from us to know what it means to treat each other in a good way. And so now that I'm a little older and I've kind of gone through some of like the big, working out some of the big kinks in my life, now I know what it means to, to hold space and be held in space and to offer up the best of myself 
into all of my friendships because we need each other. And like, I've already said, you know, in my heart, in my body, in my mind, in my womb, that I will take care of Ku'ana and Tali for the rest of my life because they come from my best friend, my sister. So like we make these sacred commitments even to the next generations that come from them because that's what this is about. That's what Aloha Aina is about. That's what Kia'i Aina is about. That's what Lahui is about. And so I'm just grateful to be here in this space with the both of you and thankful um, to have shared in this kind of conversation that is leading up to create, creating more solidified spaces for women. And I hope that we can do that together. I hope that we can do this work together and continue to support one another in a good way. And I will be here for you. I make commitments to that. I am here. There is always a prayer in my heart for the both of you and for your children, for your ohana and your well-being. And we're going to get to Ea together, I believe. Oh, mahalo nui. And yeah, I, there's so much to sit with and just to take in. And I am full of gratitude and I just mahalo our kupuna that truly, I truly believe that brought us here today. And I'm just grateful that we had this brave conversations too, because it's not your everyday conversation, but it's also calling us into our kuleana to be grounded and calling us to also elevate um, and go somewhere new. <laughs> there is no normal. <laughs> this is going somewhere new and we are going to be leading the charge. Um, and, and in closing, where can we follow you folks how can we kakoo and you know in, in new paths i mean i know what we have going on now but as we journey on and as we elevate and find you know new things where can we find you mehana where can we find you Habane? we can find mehana on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> She is so good at that. I will leave all their information in the show notes below, but please go follow them and well, can I just plug my, my C D real fast? Please. Please. My immersive album that I just award winner, please. Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> Mahalo. I was so surprised and I'm just so um thankful that the Mauna um, has been seen in this way by the music community. Um, and so you can find my albums on these different versions. There's a 2D version, Kukia um, Imona Together We Rise on all digital platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Amazon Music. And I just came out with the immersive album, which is specifically mixed for headphones. And um, it's the first one um, to come out of Hawaii like this. And so it's beautiful to be like amazing um and so you can find me on instagram at havana music i'm on twitter but i'm not really on twitter but it's the same handle um havana rios music page on facebook havana rios.com if you want to buy my album the physical album or you can dm my mother for case go to kahia.org kuuhuluhulu.com and at Protect Mauna Kea Instagram to keep yourselves informed with what is happening with the Mauna Kea movement. Support Mauna Kea Education Hui. 
And let's kukia imona. Together we rise. Plug, plug, plug. This is important. Yeah, and we will list all of the links that Havane gave in the show notes so you can follow. What I would love from our listeners is that you give them one or two takeaways and how you're not only going to listen, but implement that this week. I think that would mean the world to them is that you're going to take action in your own life and you're going to kokua, you're going to kakua, you're going to do something that's going to elevate everyone. So again, mahalo for being here. I love both of you with all my heart. Mehana, you have to do your, you're going to share where we can find you, Seth? Oh, um, at protectmonica.org. No. (laughs) Mehana Okala, I just have a really simple, basic Instagram. (laughs) Oh, it's so fire. You want to get on that Instagram. not basic. She's doing reels, y'all. All right. Thank you, ladies. I love you so much. Love you. Love you both. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you loved what you heard and just want to share it with all your titas out there, sis, do me a favor, screenshot, post, and tag me on Instagram so I can stock your profile and we can connect more. There's so much goodness coming your way, so don't forget to subscribe and I would love it if you left a five-star review so we can grow this space for our wahine. Mahalo for being here. Now get out and show the world how amazing you are.